In the name of Jesus. Give him praise this morning. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I bring you greetings from Nigeria. Our daddy and mommy, Apostle and Reverend Omar, they are in Nigeria and they have asked me to uh, welcome you this morning. They are doing excellently well. The Lord is moving greatly in the, in the work that they are doing in the name of Jesus. They are rounding up and by the uh, beginning of the week, you and I will see them in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. I just want to thank the King of Heaven for giving me this opportunity. And I want to thank my daddy too, Apostle, and my mommy, Reverend Omar, for the opportunity. It's an opportunity that I treasure. It's absolutely uh, amazing. It's wonderful for me to have the opportunity to share the precious word of God with the saints of God. There is no honor I think I can have that is greater than this. Praise the Lord. So I just want to thank them very much for the opportunity. Praise the Lord. Um, in the course of the Holy Ghost Convention, we were loaded with so much, so much from heaven. And I know that our lives will never remain the same in Jesus' name. This morning, uh, there isn't much I can say other than maybe put some dots here and cross some T's. Not, maybe a little bit of, um, of footnoting to what the Lord has used his servant to deliver to his people. So this morning, what I'm trying to say is that we will just take little aspects of what they have, what we were taught. We'll try to do a little bit of breaking down and digesting uh, for our purpose. Praise the Lord. Um, during the convention, um, Apostle mentioned something, and I just uh, picked on it. Uh, he said, uh, "It's time." Um, that we must grow beyond nominal Christianity. I think, uh, well, I think if, if you miss that, you can look at the um, teaching of the 31st of uh, August. I mean, it's there. And uh, what's nominal Christianity? Nominal Christianity is just, well, a Christian that is born again, he's accepted Christ, but he remains at the level of a babe. Our journey in Christianity, well, the excellent thing is you accept Jesus Christ, but that's the beginning. Now, if all you have is just receive Jesus Christ, um, there is so much more to it than just remaining at that level. God wants us to grow and mature to become sons. God is taking us somewhere. And uh, 
like I said, it's just the beginning. If you look at Hebrews 5.13, Hebrews 5.13, it says, Anyone who lives on milk, being, an, uh, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. So, it's babes that live on milk. And when you are still a babe, you are still at that level, at the level that will... It's just like, look, you are born again, but it looks like you're always struggling. It, it, it looks like you, you, what you do is just ask the Lord, well, I want this. I want this. Just like a babe. The babe is always I just this. I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this. It's just I, me, and myself. It's living on milk. They are just still kind of spoon feeding him and sometimes when we come into the kingdom without taking active step to grow we remain at that level we remain at a level of nominal christianity now the point is we serve an awesome god we serve a powerful god and when we come to him, it's, 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 it's not, when we remain at the level of babe, we make him look like he is not God. We make him look much less than he is. We make him look like, even you yourself, sometimes you ask God, where are you? There are things that you need to be able to take for yourself. There are things, there are decisions that you need to be able to take by yourself. Because you have his resources inside of you. Because you have his power residing inside of you. You should be able to you grow beyond that level that you are still crawling. Or that you are still taking baby steps, you should get to the stage where you become a man. Now, when you become a man, you be, start becoming useful to your parents. Is that not it? When you are a babe, they can't ask you to wash plates. They can't ask you to do housework. But when you start becoming a man, they start giving you little, little responsibility. From there, you grow to earning for yourself. From there, you grow to even maybe taking care of your parents. You start becoming useful to them. That is what becoming matured in the Lord involves. That is what the Lord wants you to do. Let's look at... Um, amen. Let's look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 11 to 14. God has given us so much resource to grow from babe to maturity. And that's why he said there, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Next verse. To prepare God's people 
for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up, next verse, until we reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become what? Mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That is where God is taking you and I. He wants to take us to the level that we attain the full measure of the fullness of Christ. That's where God is taking us to. God wants us to mature. God wants us to, uh, he says, look, you are my battle axe. Jeremiah 51, 20. He said, you are my battle axe. My weapon of war. Hallelujah. He said, you are my club. This is uh, 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 NIV. He said, you are my war club. You know what a club is? That is a cordial that you use to hit the enemy. He said, you are my war club. In King James, he said, you are my battle axe, my weapon for battle. Okay, thou art my battle axe and weapon of war. For with thee, I will break in pieces the nations, and with thee, I will destroy kingdoms. Next verse. He said, and with thee, I will break in pieces the horns and the rider, and with thee, I will break in pieces the chariot and the rider. And it goes on and on, what God wants to use you to do. But if you remain at the level of babe, how can you be a battle axe? How will you be a weapon of war when you need to be, I mean, help yourself? God is taking us and it involves a building. You need to build up yourself. You are born again to the kingdom, but it is your responsibility to build up yourself. Jude 20, he said, are you beloved? Building up on your most holy faith. When you come into the kingdom, that is your most holy faith. It's a precious thing for you to come into the kingdom. It's a most precious thing for you to receive Jesus Christ into your life. But that is the foundation. He said, but you beloved, building up on your most holy faith. Praying in the spirit. So if you are still at that stage when they are praying in the spirit and you feel that, oh, that's not for me. Wow, you are missing something out. You are missing out so much. You miss so much. Because the things of God, uh, I think it's uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14. Let's just look at that. He said, the man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually desired. It means that the spirit needs to start working actively in you. So without the spirit of God, there is something that is missing. So you need to learn to grow. And praying the spirit is part of it. Serving is part of it. It's good that you serve, but 
In your service, you must take steps to build up yourself. To become a man. To mature in Christ. Praise the Lord. I just picked that one up and uh, well, uh, my, that's not my uh, focus today. My focus today will be on the operations of the Holy Spirit. I know that well, this um, John 16 um, from verse 12, that's a scripture that during the Holy Ghost Convention, it was like, well, we were looking at it almost on a daily basis and I believe you should become part of us by now. Said, I have much more to say to you. More than you can now bear. Why did he say that? He said, I have much to say to you. Apostle, I remember I said, look, that's the heart of somebody that wants to deliver something to us. There's so much resources of heaven. There's no more resources that heaven holds that without the spirit of God upon us, we cannot comprehend. He said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has he entered into the heart of man. What God has prepared for those that love him. He's not talking of your neighbor. He's talking of you. He said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. So much resources in heaven that you need the spirit of God to begin to understand them, to begin to comprehend them. So, he said, I have much to say to you more than you can bear next. He said, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truths. All truths that you need to know. When the spirit, I mean, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truths. I remember, if you were there during the convention, apostle tried to demonstrate what this scripture, when it says that it will guide you into all truth, what it means. It means that he held a brother and the brother was following him. That's guiding. Allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you. You put your hand in the hand of the Holy Spirit and then you allow him to guide you. Who is in control? The Holy Spirit. So, to be guided by the Holy Spirit means that you allow Him to control every aspect of your life. And I want us to just look at something in that in that first line. Say, but when He, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of Truth. The spirit of eternal truth. When you are looking for eternal truth, you can only find it in the Holy Spirit. In the world, they present half-truths, untruths, and lies and deception. They present it to us. And many of the time, our heart is just focused on many of those Half-truths, untruths, they just dress it up. That's why, you see, without the Holy Spirit being in control, we will be focusing on that. There is no straddling the fence. It's either you are being controlled by the Holy Spirit, or you are being 
controlled by powers that present half-truths, untruths, and outright deception to us. And they try to control our lives by that means. It's so, it's so, it's so, it's so dressed up. Half-truths can be dressed up in a way that if you don't have the Spirit of God, you won't know the difference. It looks easy. Well, I mentioned something last week, and it's like, well, uh, I wish I can have, I wish I can win lottery. Many of us would think that. You just, sometimes you just think, I, I just win, I, just, I can just win lottery. But the thing is, so, you have several accounts of people who have won the lottery, but their end is so much pitiable. But the thing is, you have, res- you have access to resources from heaven. He said, all the gold, they are mine. All the silver, they are mine. All the cattle on a thousand hills, they are mine. Who do you think that, I mean, those resources are reserved for? They are reserved for you. So resources from heaven is available if only you can tap into it. It's much better. It's sweeter than winning lottery. It's more satisfying than any quick fix that we can have. But the unfortunate thing is that many of the time, our mind is just focused on those little, little things. They are deceitful. But we think, because maybe because we are just used to them. We are just used to thinking in the natural. Because we wouldn't grow and mature in Christ, our mind is just deceived that, well, if I could just go it this way, May I mean, I will make a breakthrough. It's all mere mirage. You know where a mirage is? You just see water in the front. You think there is water. You get there, you see there is no water. Praise the Lord. So God desires, how does God desire to guide us? I said, you put your hand in the hand of the Holy Spirit. And you, like, you, you follow his guide. And God wants to guide us into glory. He, wants, he doesn't want our life to just... He doesn't want our, our lives messed up. If our lives look messed up, we need to just... You need to reset. You need to reset and then you find out where you missed it and then connect back and... In a short while, your life will be glorious and beautiful. The Lord wants to decorate our lives, and so shall our lives be in the name of Jesus. How does the Holy Spirit lead us? Uh, Let's look at Isaiah 11, verse 2. It said, the Spirit of the Lord rests upon him. The Spirit of wisdom. The Spirit of the Lord rests upon him. The spirit of the Lord, the man that is guided, the man that is controlled by the Holy Spirit is the man upon whom the spirit of the Lord rests. 
and you can see he say it rests. So the spirit is above and you, you are below. So you're under the guidance. You're under the control of the Holy Spirit. And it says the spirit of the Lord rests upon him. That's an awesome thing. That's an awesome thing. That's that, when it says, and you will receive power. Act 1 8. And you will receive power after the Holy, I mean, uh, Holy Ghost uh, uh, rests upon you. You will receive the power of the awesome God. You will receive that power when the Holy Spirit is upon you. When you are controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of God is activated in your life. Think about it. The power of God being at work in your life. All you need to do is to operate under His Holy Spirit. Under the Holy Spirit. When your action is guided by the Holy Spirit, the power of God just comes up. Now, talking about the power of God, maybe it's just a demonstration of it that brings out the beauty of his power. And we saw so many examples during the Holy Ghost Convention. One of the examples we saw was Gideon. Gideon was a weakling. So to say, he was somebody maybe everything. Lack of self-confidence, insecure, and all of that. They were there. But the Lord turned him from a weakling into a warrior. Hallelujah. We can see the uh, uh, story in uh, Judges 6.12. Judges 6.12. He said, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And we see his reaction in the next verse. He said, but sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where, is, where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did the Lord not bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of the media. And so many times that's our story. I've been born again for 10 years. I've been born again 20 years. And my life is still like this. Where is God? I mean, it just looks like God is not, I mean, that powerful. And we're not telling, I mean, we are not being a good witness of our Creator. Not because he is no longer powerful, because the Bible says that he is the same yesterday, he is the same today, and he is the same forevermore. He is active, he was active yesterday, he is still active today. His power never diminished. The same God that acted when that showed up, when the children of God, when they reached the Red Sea, and he told Moses, move forward. He said, just stretch your rod over the sea and the sea would divide. It was something physically that happened. It's not just an allegory. 
But that same God is still alive. And he's still active. And if it appears that, oh, why are things like this? The Lord asked me to tell you this morning. He said, go forth in this, your mind. Hallelujah. Verse, verse 12. He says, verse 12, please. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. So you may look like, oh, me, I'm not Apostle Williams. It's only Apostle that can do that. The Lord asked me to tell you this morning, go forth in your might. The power of God is inside of you. Something you never discover if inside of you, and it is true, and it works. As you look like, oh, I am powerless. No, the Lord does not see you that way. The way the Lord sees you, connect into his powerhouse, and you will see the power of the Lord at work in your life. And you will see that the Lord will begin to change things around. Things where you, you, in a way that you cannot explain. Just because you are obedient to his word, you will see his, him show up. And things will begin to change in your life in Jesus' name. We see another example. I mean, that's an, one of the other example that Apostle I mean, harped on. Judges 3 verses 9 and 10. We saw this, uh, the, the story of Othniel. Othniel was kind of a pushover. But the Lord turned him into a hero. He said, but when they cried unto the Lord, he raised for them a deliverer, Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, who saved them. Next verse. He said, the spirit of the Lord came upon him so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. The Lord gave Cushan Rashtaniam, king of Aram, into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. Somebody never mentioned before. We don't, we didn't hear anything of him before. Somebody that looks obscure. Suddenly, the Lord took him. When the Spirit of the Lord rests upon him, the Bible says that he became a judge. He became visible. He became celebrated. You will be celebrated in the name of Jesus. I say you will be celebrated in the name of Jesus. It looks like you are obscure today, but you will be celebrated in the name of Jesus. The Lord is bringing you... The Lord wants to show forth. He wants to say, oh, that's my son. I don't know um, in other places, but where I come from, where the good child, uh, the child of the father. When the daddy says, that's my son, and her son, that son is doing something good. When they say, that's my girl, eh, the girl is doing something good. They won't say that means the, I mean the mother's uh, 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 children. But the Lord, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> but the Lord wants you to show us his he want to he want to be proud of you. He want to show you that that's my son. I can rely on him. Praise the Lord. 
in um, that Isaiah 11 verse 2, he said, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Let's move on to the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. When the Holy Spirit, when the man is controlled by the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom rests upon him. Hallelujah. And in James 3.17, it describes to us the kind of spirit we are talking about. He said, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. That's the spirit of wisdom. This is the kind of thing that you begin to manifest. You manifest the wisdom of God. The Bible says that in Christ resides all the treasure of knowledge and of wisdom. And the thing is, you have Christ in you. What does that tell me? It tells me that you can operate in wisdom, in the spirit of wisdom. If Christ is in you, then the treasure of knowledge and wisdom, they reside inside of you. What you will need to bring it out is to operate under the control of the Holy Spirit. Let your actions, let your ways, let whatever you do, let it be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And you will see, begin to see the spirit of wisdom manifesting in you. No shortcuts. Just do it as he has said. And you will begin to see that result in the name of Jesus. And uh, let's go back to Isaiah um, 11. He said, uh, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding... The spirit of understanding operating under the control of the Holy Spirit. You have the spirit of understanding. What's understanding talking about? He said, well, you get wisdom, but also get understanding. They all go together. Hallelujah. To understand means to perceive the meaning of something or to grasp the idea of something. It involves, as far as I'm concerned, light from heaven. You know what you are doing. Understanding, that means you actually know what you are doing. To make a choice in wisdom, you need understanding. Wisdom allows you to make the right choice. You will never miss it. But understanding lets you know the implications of the choices that you are making. Without understanding, you will miss so much. Without understanding, you are walking in darkness. And it's so much great darkness without understanding. A man without understanding, he said, will walk in the counsel of the ungodly. 
you, you just think that, well, it doesn't matter. It matters. When you begin to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, un- lack of understanding is there. But when you are operating under the Holy Spirit, you have light from heaven. It shines a light in your heart. The thing is, Job um, 32.8 Job 32.8 said there is a spirit in man but the breath of God gives understanding. It is the Holy Spirit that gives a man understanding. And without that understanding you won't know your left from your right. You won't know the implication on what you are going into. Praise the Lord. And well, with that understanding, it's it, it just, just such a very, uh, it's just such a mighty cloud. Let's look at Matthew thirteen fifteen. With that understanding, there's a big issue there. He said, for these people's art has become callous and they hardly hear with their ear. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their heart and tongue, and I will heal them. Without understanding, you will, your eyes will be open, but you can't see. They will be telling you things you will not understand. That's what lack of understanding, that's what it brings. But when you are under the cover, when you are under the control, when you put your hand in the hands of the Holy Spirit and you are led by His power, the light from heaven will always shine in your path. You won't go astray. You won't do the right, you won't do the wrong thing. You won't make you the wrong crowd. That is what walking under the control of the Holy Spirit, that's what it does for you. You won't, just, you won't be found in the wrong place. Because you are a man of understanding. Because you are a woman of understanding. Because you are a man that is operating under the control of the Holy Spirit. You won't get it wrong. You won't be in the wrong crowd. Praise the Lord. Let's move quickly. Uh, uh, Isaiah 11, verse 2. He said, um, you, uh, uh, the spirit of understanding and the spirit of counsel. The spirit operating under the spirit of counsel. Counsel means to instruct or to advise. That's what counselors do. That's what lawyers do. They either say, okay, go this way, or they advise you in what to do. That's what the spirit of counsel does to you. He said whether you are turning to the right or turning to the left, the Lord will you will hear a voice. He said, walk this way. That's um, Isaiah uh, 30, 21. Isaiah 30, 21. He said, whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way. Walk in it. God will always show up to instruct you 
about your next step. When you are walking under his control, he will speak to you. He will tell you the spirit of counsel. Hallelujah. I remember my friend, well, he was um, taking us uh, during the youth convention, and he, was, he, he brought um, this video of one big man in Coke, and they were asking him a question, and they were just getting it wrong. And he, can, he said, look, what went wrong there? And he told us, and he, well, his own job is to guide people. I tell, tell him, well, that's the spirit of counsel at work. And the Holy Spirit can operate. All you need to do is, okay, what are you doing? You place it before the Lord. Is it wisdom you need? He said, look, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God. God will give liberally without upbraiding. The fact that you made a mistake yesterday, he's not going to say, ah, okay, but yesterday you came to me, I gave you, I mean, I helped you. No, it's not like that. He will still fill you with his wisdom. So whatever it is, it doesn't matter where you are operating. God wants to take you to the peak of your career. God does not want you to operate just at the bottom of the pyramid. That's not God's plan for you. He wants to take you. How, how will his glory show in your life when you are I mean, operating at the bottom of the ladder? That doesn't glorify him. But he wants his glory to be made manifest in your life. And that's why he makes all these resources available to you. All you need to do is connect yourself to him, operate under his guidance, and it's just miraculous. People will be asking, how are you doing it? On daily, our daily life, we must operate under uh, the control of his power. And then he says something, Isaiah 11, verse 2. He said, um, it's the spirit of counsel and of power. The spirit of the Lord is the spirit of power. We've looked so much about his power being made manifest in your life. When you operate under his uh, guidance, and he's talked of the spirit of knowledge. The spirit of knowledge. Hallelujah. Okay, the spirit of, okay, let's look at the spirit of power. It says, uh, in, in um, King James, it talks about the spirit of might. Might is the awesome presence of God. The awesome presence of God, the might. The one that operating in the spirit of might, when you show up, everybody will begin to say, okay, he's come. And Without any prompting, they will step back. Praise the Lord. The Spirit, when Jesus Christ showed up, demons begin to scream that, Oh, Son of God, have you come, I mean, to destroy us before our time? That's it. He has not said anything. He hasn't addressed them at all. But when they saw him, the awesome presence of God is so powerful that, look, they fell oppressed already. Amen. In Exodus 16, 15, 15, 16, Exodus 15, 16, 
He said, the terror and dread of you will fall upon them. That's what the spirit of might does in you. When you are operating under the control of the Holy Spirit. He said, the terror and the dread of you will fall upon them. He said, by the power of your arm, they will be, be as still as a stone until your people pass by, O oh Lord, until the people you brought pass by. When you are operating under his control, under his power, you operate that your, the terror of you will be upon them. You will not be the one. That, well, they said that the, the lion is one animal that, well, it won't give way to any other animal. It just works majestically. You just walk majestically. It doesn't make you proud, but you know who you are. When you walk in, you know you are the son of the king. You walk with confidence. When you walk with all ability, it doesn't make you proud. Because the thing is, all those resources, all those ability, he said when you are still operating, you still have to be humble. It comes with humility. It doesn't make you proud. It doesn't make you oppressor. You see, the, 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 the spirit of might, it does, it does not make me that you oppress. You don't even have to do anything. But because the presence of God is with you, every power that opposes you, they will begin to, they will begin to tremble. You just say something, you... You say something. You don't have to shout. You just speak. And then it will strike a dread in the heart of every adversary. Praise the Lord. The spirit of might. And it talks about the spirit of uh, knowledge. Hallelujah. Okay. I don't know. I'm sure I'm running out of time. Um. (laughs) <laughs> I said, okay, something operated under the spirit of might. You can see that in, um, I think that's um, Judges 14, 5 to 6. And of course, if you quickly look at Ephesians three seventeen to 19. Let's look at Ephesians three seventeen to 19. He said, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Next verse. May have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. Next verse. And to know his love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the major of uh, the fullness of Christ. Okay, let's just move on. God is that's where God is taking you. When you are filled with all the full measure of Christ, all his ability in you is activated in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let, let's move on to the spirit of uh, uh, knowledge. The spirit of knowledge. Knowledge. Uh, refers to, uh, it means being aware. It's uh, uh, being aware or familiar with something. Awareness, um, when you talk of 
being aware, um, you are being informed. You have full information about a particular circumstance. Now, the Bible talks about, um, let's look at um, uh, it talks about knowledge that surpasses knowledge. Hallelujah. The knowledge of God or the spirit of knowledge brings us into a knowledge that surpasses knowledge. So, you have revelation knowledge. If you have revelation knowledge, then, of course, in your daily activities, what you need is just already provided for. So, if you operate under the spirit of knowledge, it helps you in your academic work. It helps you in your, your day job. You have knowledge of everything. You have knowledge that surpasses knowledge. So already, it's already included in every other knowledge that you will need to operate in. Amen. And lastly, we look at the, uh, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is the beginning of wisdom. Now, when we talk of the fear of the Lord... It's in two perspectives. The first thing is, a sinner must always be in fear of judgment. It must be the kind of fear that when you hear God not, your heart will cut. The sinner must, it's just there. And then you must just be afraid. That's the kind of fear that comes upon a sinner. To fear of impending judgment. Isaiah 26.10. Isaiah 26.10 quickly. He said, Though grace is shown to the wicked, they do not learn righteousness. Even, a land of, even in a land of uprightness, they go on doing evil and regard not the majesty of the Lord. Next verse. He said, O oh Lord, your hand is lifted I, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be put to shame. Let the fire, uh, let the fire resound for your enemies consume them. The fear of judgment must always be in the heart of the sinner. But that's not for you. The kind of fear that Isaiah 11 um, uh, 2 is talking about is reverential fear of the Lord. When you, when you love someone, the kind of you have a reverence for that person. You just want to please that person. It's the kind of fear that you want to please your maker. You want to please him. You come into his house. There you, there's a reverence that is attached you, you, you when you come in, you don't just come in so casually. I saw something we traveled recently and went to the cathedral in Cologne, and the thing is, I mean, all, it's become a tourist attraction, and all manner of people were marching into that sanctuary, and I felt grieved in my spirit. That's the house of the Lord. 
has become a tourist attraction. Like manner of people, they were entering everywhere. You know, and but that's not for you. The love of God, the Bible says, constrains us. You cannot do something that is not uh, that is not pleasing to the Lord. That is reverence for the Lord. That is fear of the Lord. You enjoy doing that which he asks you to do. David says, I was glad. When they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. You are glad. You are excited doing what you are doing. You are excited coming to the house of the Lord. It's not out of compulsion. You are not, it's not because, oh, if I don't go, uh, you know, I mean, I'm an elder, you know, I'm a pastor, you know, I'm a deacon. If I don't go, uh, they will begin to talk. No. It's you came and you are serving because you love the Lord. If you came and you are doing it, you come early, you do everything that you are doing. You are doing everything in your power because you enjoy doing what you are doing. And you are doing it in reference to the Lord. It's not because of the fear. It's not because of fear of sanction. You remember the, that day, um, um, Pastor Tyre was talking about um, things like this. It's, it, the fear factor is not, it, it's, it's there. The fear factor is there. For sinner, for the wrongdoer, the fear must be the fear of judgment must be there. But for you who love the Lord, the fear that you have is that well, I'm not going late because you have made up because you're not going it's not because of man, it's because you are going there to fellowship with your maker, it's because you love him, it's because you revive him, that's why you do what you do, not because of what man will do. Praise the Lord. I am sure I have run out of my time now. Hallelujah. <laughs> so what hinders you from operating under the power of the Holy Spirit? What hinders you? Let's look at um, God is doing something this morning. He said, Agai 2.6. Agai 2.6. Agai 2.6. The Lord would shake out everything that hinders you this morning in the name of Jesus. If you've seen the light, if you've had the one, if you make up your mind, whatever it is that hinders you, the Lord is going to shake them out this morning in the name of Jesus. He said, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. The Lord, next verse, he said, I will shake all nations and the desires of all nations will come. And I will fill this house. With glory, says the Lord. The Lord says that He wants to fill you with His glory. The Lord is filling you with His glory. But He says there will be a shaking this morning. The Lord is going to shake out of its roots whatever it is that hinders you. I want us to stand up before the Lord this morning. I want us 